0: going on everybody welcome to episode 29 of the deep ball gridiron edition i'm your host anthony parallel joined of course by my co-host Corey lickman and core how's it going today it's been it's been a couple of weeks but we're back now
1: yeah it's going it's going pretty good been a, been a little bit but yeah, yeah excited to get back talking some football how, how you hey, doing? listen
0: I, I'm, I'm solid man the NFL offseason—it's been progressing a little bit, and luckily, I feel like we've been getting a lot of things to talk about. Again, this episode, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We were waiting, kind of, to see after June 1st because with June 1st, it marks the point in the year now where NFL teams can kind of spread uh, contracts over like the next year's salary cap, so a lot of teams can be more um, can be more flexible now, figuring out stuff. So more moves can potentially occur. But the big news that—I mean, this is more not last week, but I mean, it's still still a big fish out there. Julio Jones wants out of Atlanta. Um, listen, one of the best receivers that we've seen. You could probably put him neck and neck up there with Antonio Brown. Core, I'm interested. What do you think is really left in the tank for Julio?
1: Come on, man. Is this even a – I think Julio <laughs> has a lot left, left in the tank. I think the only thing that, that he – that his problem is he, he, he faces a lot of injuries right now. But if he's healthy, there's no doubt in my mind he's still a top-five receiver. In the league, he had 771 yards in nine games last year. If, if you like do the comparison to 16 games, that's like 1,370 yards. So I think Julio, I think he's still a monster receiver, can go up and get any ball. Still a great route winner. I think he's got a lot left in the tank, and I think a lot of teams should be, uh, should definitely be interested in getting this guy because I don't think it's gonna require necessarily like that much because he's kind, he's getting a little old, but I still think he has a lot in the tank.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Even at 32 years old, I know injuries have kind of slowed him a little bit, but, I mean, when Julio Jones is healthy, I think you could definitely undoubtedly say he's a top-ten receiver in the NFL. Uh, I mean, the guy has accomplished so much during his career, obviously, with Atlanta, with Matt Ryan. But, yeah, let him go and let him try to win a Super Bowl, and hopefully he lands in a good spot for him, like, as they finish up his career like from a statistical standpoint but also from a perspective of potentially winning a super bowl but you kind of alluded to it a little bit uh kind of the big thing is like what is he worth i was seeing things around there that coolio jones might not even be worth like a first round pick or not not worth a first round pick but like atlanta might not take a first round pick because they want to also get rid of his cap i think he's owed about like 38 million i want to say not a hundred percent sure on that number but they like for Atlanta, for another team to swallow that money. Atlanta's like, yeah, like we'll take like a second round pick or something like that. But like if if they're not asking for a first round pick, how are you not getting on the phone with Atlanta and just like refusing to get off? Like some teams, if you ask me, are missing out right now because there are some teams who could really use Julio Jones.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. If you don't even have to give up a first round pick, I think anything like a second, third round pick, if you're giving that up to get a receiver like Julio Jones, I think you definitely got to make that move right away. So I think even if it doesn't work out as well as it should have, you didn't give up first round pick. I think anything below that, you got to take your chances. I think Julio's still a major, major impact on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I know obviously in Atlanta, you got, um, it's kind of like a new generation, obviously Calvin Ridley's emerging. He got drafted in 2018, so his contract will be up. With he's been, He's going to be looking for an extension this coming offseason. Kyle Pitts, obviously, was just brought in, so it's kind of like the passing of the torch a little bit, I guess, if you want to say, for Julio Jones in Atlanta. But they didn't go quarterback, so it kind of made you think that maybe they will try to compete again, obviously, with Arthur Smith's first year there, but I guess not. Obviously, Julio Jones doesn't want to potentially go through another like long season, long rebuild season. But, yeah, so for if Atlanta's going to – like, commit to rebuilding, which I don't really think it looks like now. I definitely think it makes sense. Obviously, get a, get a, like, a, whatever picks you can get for him. But I don't, like, I, don't, I just don't know how you could ever take, not like settle for less than a first round pick for Julio. He's such an elite talent, even at this age and at this stage in his career, too. I mean, I don't, I don't know what team that's making the. I was like, listen, I know first round picks are valuable, but dealing the 28th pick in the draft for Julio Jones. You want a Super Bowl. Nobody cares. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody cares that you missed out on that first-round pick. And that kind of leads us into our next point of where do you think, like, Julio Jones fits best? And we'll make this like a two-part question. When first started, like, where do you think he fits best?
1: Fits best? This is tough. But I don't know. I've been saying it. I've been even posting on the Depot. And this, honestly, I don't know if it's the best fit. I'm honestly going to switch it up. But I just, like, I think he would make this team a lot better. The Tennessee Titans, I don't know. If they're still in on them, I know they definitely I know that defense still exists, but I don't know. I just think if they, they lost Corey Davis in the offseason, adding Julio Jones to pair up with AJ Brown with Derrick Henry in that backfield, I think would just make that offense so fun to watch and extremely, extremely dynamic, even more than it already is. I think uh they they did they did sharpen up the defense a little bit in the offseason. Now they got Bud Dupree coming off uh an injury, drafted Caleb Fairley. At Virginia Tech, but yeah, I think I'd love to see Julio Jones in, uh, in Tennessee with AJ Brown, Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, I have, I have Tennessee down here. I think Tennessee would be a realistic fit for him, especially you said they lost Corey Davis, also lost John M. Smith as well. So, from the offense, I believe Adam Humphreys too. So, I mean, from the offensive side of the ball, they're kind of lacking any like playmakers around AJ Brown, puts a lot of pressure on him, puts a lot of pressure on. Derrick Henry as well. And, I mean, you had Julio Jones again. It's just going to free up even more running lanes for Derrick Henry, which is a scary thought. But, yeah, I had the Titans down there. A couple – two other teams I thought maybe could potentially be realistic fits. Um, I'll start with the one that's maybe a little less realistic. Seattle, I put down – I know there's been a little, like, rumblings about him. Obviously, with the relationship this offseason between Russell Wilson and um, the Seattle organization, it kind of seems like it got a lot better. I think Seattle did a good job in the offseason. They added – Gabe Jackson on that offensive line. They added a tight end too. Oh man, I can't. I can't. Oh, Jared Everett. That's who they added. So mm. they put, brought in a couple pieces. They added a receiver as well in the draft. So maybe again, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But listen, there's been a, a couple rumors about it. But you put Julio Jones with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, that would be absolutely insane. They obviously play uh, like 13 personnel all the or 31 personnel all the time. So it would fit fine there and. The big one, I think, is New England. I think, with what Bill Belichick is, has done this off season, obviously Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, john o. Smith, um Hunter Henry. Why not just add another stud playmaker? Obviously, this guy would be the best one that you brought in all off season, and maybe he takes number eleven in new England. i don't know if, I, I don't know I think Julian Edelman's number like i don't know necessarily if he gets retired, but what would you what would you think about um Julio Jones going up to Foxborough?
1: I mean I saw like the the Patriots are somehow like the betting favorites to, to get Julio mm-hmm. Jones and like the next slide like the Bill Belichick like looking through the window or something. Yeah. I think Julio Jones goes to the to the Patriots. I think the Patriots become even more scary. They made a lot of moves this offseason. I think they definitely uh Getting back to winning the AFC East, despite how good the Bills are and the, the Dolphins on the rise, I think that would make that division a lot better. And, yeah, if there's one, they really – they did get a lot of offseason additions, but they really still – they don't have, like, a really number one receiver. I mean, yeah, they got they added two tight ends. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, a lot of solid solid players. But, I mean, getting Julio Jones, a legit number one wide receiver, definitely would make that – uh a team a lot better and they improved on both sides of the ball. And no matter who's throwing to him, Cam Newton, Mac Jones would make their jobs a lot a lot easier. So Bill Belichick, I, I definitely could see him he's probably on the phone right now with the uh Falcons front office trying to get a deal done, but like really, really sneaky about it. So I think yeah, he goes there, makes the team a lot a lot scarier.
0: You, you listen, you said they were the betting favorite. Uh I think right now, like if I just had to like I think it makes sense. It makes sense. I'd I'd peg them as the favorite right now. Two other teams, I think that would be really fun to see Julio Jones, but he's just not going to end up going there. I'm pretty sure they said – I know for sure they said the Rams was out on him, but, I mean, if he would have went to the Rams, that just would have been so cool. Again, I don't know how they would have figured it out, but playing, like, cap-wise, but Julio Jones, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup would have been disgusting. And, obviously, San Francisco reuniting him with Kyle Shanahan, I also thought that would have been – a fun sight to see obviously Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo is ever playing quarterback there we get a huge boost and you have uh, Julio Jones on the outside George Kittle at tight end with that run game there obviously Brandon Ayuk too I mean that would be a scary scary set of playmakers that would be in San Francisco but one last thing about Julio Jones and kind of like everything that's went down with him we got to talk about Shannon Sharp man do you really think that Shannon Sharp like exposed Julio Jones? Or do you think that, like, before they he went on, he texted Julio Jones and was like, yeah, we're going to call you, like, just be careful. I know you're on air.
1: See, that's a tough one, honestly. I, I, I honestly don't believe a lot of stuff that goes on on TV. So, I, I honestly, I can't see that being real. I, I think he definitely, like, he sounded surprised, but there's no way this guy is just calling up Julio mid-show and this guy just picks up and he starts talking about it i think they had it planned out in my opinion i think it'd be kind of i mean it's honestly not right for him to just call him and julio doesn't even know he's on tv and he, he's just releasing this information so i i think they kind of i think it was kind of planned out i can't see that being being real honestly
0: i'm, I'm in agreement i think also how like he just Happens to answer too. Like it's not like listen. These guys are professional athletes, man. They're busy guys. Like oh, but Julio Jones just magically was sitting right by his phone. You know what I mean? So and then again, but I think this also was something that maybe like I feel like the way that Julio Jones was kind of able to like express his like displeasure with Atlanta in this way, like it kind of makes it seem like Julio's like if Julio would have just came out right and been like I'm done with Atlanta. People could be like, oh, man, like I don't like that. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, this way it kind of gives him a little bit of – um, kind of shields him a little bit of, like, some criticism because they're like, oh, like, he was put on blast. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of got exposed. Like, it's not his fault. You know what I mean? It's Shannon Sharp's fault. So it kind of takes some of the blame away from Julio. Like, no no people are talking about that. He just straight up was like, yeah, I want out of Atlanta. They're talking about Shannon Sharp screwed him over. But – so I think that may have helped him. Yeah, I, I – I, if that was live, Shannon Sharp actually – that that was kind of messed up but uh one thing i did love about that is that he said that he's not going to dallas so that is very good to know i don't know if the dallas <laughs> would have made a play on him because of all the receivers that they have but good news julio jones he don't want any of dallas because he knows dallas ain't winning the
1: super bowl <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like oh shannon was like don't go to dallas and he's like yeah i'm not going but nah yeah i honestly with the part that you said i didn't even think about that yeah definitely when uh when other guys come out, they're like, oh, dis- this is a disgruntled superstar. But no one's even saying it because Shannon Sharp just put this guy right on the spot. And he had, he had no choice. So, yeah, I think if that was the- if that was planned out, I think uh, it's a pretty genius move by by Julio and Shannon Sharp, if that, if that was the case. But, yeah, no. Nah. Dallas- they only said that because, what, he was wearing, like, a Dallas shirt and, like, in the picture? Did you see that? Yeah,
0: and... Yeah, and because Skip Bayless is, like, a big Dallas, you know what I mean? So, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless is like,
1: he's coming to Dallas, Shane. <laughs> he's coming to Dallas. <laughs> you ever, you, watch, you watch that show?
0: Not really. I should have watched this morning, honestly. I mean, it's probably airing now while we record. I mean, he's going to have an absolute field day today. I know this is getting a little off <laughs> topic about basketball, but man, will he rip LeBron a new one today. But I, he's the most anti-LeBron guy out there. But... uh We'll stay on topic. We'll move on to our next um our next topic. Kind of another storyline that's occurred throughout these last couple of weeks with uh OTA starting off. Not mandatory yet, but some of the OTA's teams again back in the building. Aaron Rodgers, notably, one of the superstars that has not been back in the building. Instead he's been in Hawaii vacationing with his fiance and uh uh, another, I forgot the other guy's name we was vacationing with, but irrelevant at the point. But uh, what do you think this really means, Corey? Aaron Rodgers skipping some workouts. And uh, do you like – like what do, what do you think of it?
1: See, I don't really I, – I still expect Aaron Rodgers to be quarterback for the Packers until uh, I see like an actual trade happen. I think he's just using this as like he he's just not happy. So he's just using it to his advantage. He's like I'm not – like he's just not going to show up but I, I, I don't think it's that much. I think eventually I, I don't know how they're going to get it done, but I think Rodgers eventually going to win. I think the, the the Packers front office need Rodgers way more than Rodgers needs needs the Packers. I mean, it, it, I know he's on the team, but like they could trade him somewhere and he'll be happy, but if they trade him somewhere, this team's not going to be a Super Bowl contender. So I think Rodgers eventually the player usually wins so i don't really think this is that much still early the season is not for at least like four four or five months so what am i saying not four or five months like three months so i i don't think it's that big a deal i think rogers is using this in uh in the process of what's going on i expect him to still be a packer uh week one honestly
0: I'm in, I'm in agreement. I think, I think some people may be looking a little too far into this. I mean, I don't like Devontae Adams isn't there. A bunch of their other top receivers aren't even – I haven't shown up yet. So, look, I think when it starts getting mandatory and when it starts – when it starts resulting in Aaron Rodgers potentially getting fined for missing these things, um, then I think it's more, like, noteworthy. And then it's like – when we start getting more into July and August and stuff, then it's like, all right, like, what are we doing here? But at least for now, it gives Jordan Love more reps – in camp, maybe get to see a little bit more of what he can do, because he... I don't even think he was active, like, last year. I know, obviously, he didn't play in a game, but I'm honestly... like, I know they had, like, Tim Boyle, I think, was their backup quarterback, and I honestly can't remember if even Jordan Love was active, but besides the point, he didn't play. But uh, even Blake Bortles, too. Blake Bortles getting a lot of reps out there in Green Bay. Good for Blake Bortles, former uh, top three, number three overall pick uh, out of Central Florida. Oh, man. That's... A fall from grace for Blake Bortles, but one of the most down-to-earth NFL players. I think a lot of people could agree. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you also mentioned too. Like, do you think he ultimately win this? I think I'm. I'll agree with you too. I think there's no way that Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up playing in Green Bay just because yeah, Green Bay needs him. Like they have Jordan Love, but Green Bay Green Bay's like potential like is not the same with Jordan Love at this point under center like. Aaron Rodgers just takes the team to new heights. I don't. It's not a slight at Jordan Love. It just shows you Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP man. Like even if he regresses a little bit, he's still gonna have a crazy season. Green Bay's still gonna be in a good position with Aaron Rodgers but at at the helm. I think if they have Jordan Love, yeah, they still could. They compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, but they I went in Super Bowl. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl in the first year with Jordan Love, unless this guy takes the league by storm. So I think Aaron Rodgers again. He has a lot of leverage here. I'm not surprised that he's skipping this, but uh, ultimately, I think Week One. I'm not sure who they're playing Week One, but um, he'll be he'll be on the field hopefully. And uh, I want to mention one other thing, core about like um, kind of like these OTAs and stuff. I was looking at stuff with like the Patriots and their rookie minicamp. Did you see the picture of like Mac Jones rocking number fifty?
1: Yeah, I actually saw that. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't What do you
0: think it? of Belichick? Belichick, like, makes all of his... I'm not sure <laughs> if it's all of his rookies or all of his first... It's definitely all of his first-round picks, because that's saw like the picture. It was um, uh, Mac Jones. It was Nikhil Harry had to wear it. Isaiah Wynn had to wear it. And there was another guy. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but irrelevant. But, yeah, what do, what do you think about Belichick making his rookies wearing number 50 in training camp?
1: I I, I like it. I mean, if, if it's a tradition in... Patriots have been successful I mean keep it going I think uh you bring your first round pick in you make them wear a pretty uh I'm not gonna say bad but for a quarter I mean for Mac Jones and, and Nikhil Harry number 50 it doesn't look too fresh so I mean let him come in let him let him them prove themselves and then let him change uh change his number I don't really think that that big of a deal I guess it's just a, a tradition that that they've continue to do and they've had much success as a franchise So, I mean I think I, I like it as the to keep it going give their first round picks number 50 when I when I
0: saw it I mean I was personally i would never heard of it before but I was like this is one such a Belichick thing and two I absolutely love it I just think it's another thing of like yeah like you're gonna step into our like like you're stepping from college where at college you're probably one of the best players on your team maybe not Mac jo- like Mac Jones a little, a little different but like Kyler Duggar was the other guy, right? And Kyler Duggar went to like some D2 school. It's pretty, like that guy, that guy was the best guy on his team, probably in high school, mm-hmm. probably the best guy in college. You know what I mean? So you step into the NFL and now, you, now you're surrounded with these other professionals who are just as good. You know what I mean? So it's like that sense of like, I'm not going to say like, like you can't walk in and you're not all of a sudden like the man, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta earn it. You gotta prove it. Like nothing's given to you. And that's just another like mm-hmm. good, easy way to kind of like introduce that thing that like you have to literally earn your number. So I love it personally wearing number 50. I think it's so funny seeing Mac Jones drop back wearing number 50. But listen, it's clearly working in New England. So Bill Belichick, hats off to you. And uh, I wish more teams did it, honestly, because it was honestly like a little wrinkle that I thought was pretty cool. I I wish the Giants did something like that. Uh, Maybe Joe Judge looks into that in the future. But uh, moving on, and actually speaking of the Patriots, we'll talk about a former Patriot here. Even though he did not play in 2020, he was still like – Fielding some calls, still mulling some decisions. But this past week, I believe it was, Adam Venateri officially announced his retirement. Played 24 seasons in the NFL with the Patriots and the Colts. Won four Super Bowls. Like I said, he did not play in 2020. Core, I know you're a kicker yourself. What do you make of this? Like, uh, like how, how good was really Adam Venateri, man? And good is honestly an understatement. How great
1: was he? Honestly, yeah. I mean, Adam Venateri probably... The greatest kicker of all time, probably gonna make the Hall of Fame. I mean, this I mean, this guy just kept going. I mean, this guy was like forty-seven right now, but in his prime, one of the clutchest kickers had a lot of a lot of big kicks in a, in his career. And yeah, I mean, the last few years, I really think this guy, this guy was kind of washed. He honestly, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I don't think he really belonged. On the NFL team, like, he was just missing kicks. If he was anyone else, like, they'd be cut. But, yeah, he earned the right to get that respect to remain on the team. But, yeah, Vinatieri, probably, like, he just hung – he just so durable, was in the league for so many years, so many, like, kicks. Four-time four time Super Bowl as a kicker, and he, he had some big kicks. So, yeah, I mean, great career from the guy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, biased, so I think, I think Justin Tucker, honestly – He's going to be the greatest kicker of, of all time. But I don't know. This guy, obviously, a legend. And he'll be, be in the Hall of Fame probably as a kicker one day, yeah.
0: Yeah, listen. You say Justin Tucker, but, I mean, he's got a long hill to climb, a tough hill to climb, too, because Benatar your leading scorer. He has, like, with like over 2,600 career points. I'm not sure where Tucker's at. But, again, we mentioned Benatar's longevity. That's something that, again, Tucker, again, will have to – He's going to have to play a while. One thing also that goes against Tucker is Tucker plays in Baltimore and now Baltimore's outdoors. And I actually looked at something, too, that Adam Venetari in 2006 in the offseason when he left New England, he specifically wanted to go to a place that played indoors because he thought that potentially playing in a dome could um, extend his career. So, obviously, I remember I was reading something, too, and it was like either between Indianapolis or it was between Green Bay. And I was, I guess, before Green Bay had Mason Crosby at that point. They end up taking – He ends up taking the contract to go to Indianapolis. And then I think he won a Super Bowl literally that first year in Indianapolis. But I thought that was an interesting note and kind of how like kickers. I never really thought of that, too. Obviously, with a quarterback, sometimes you think of it, too. But yeah, like in like a contract negotiation, some kickers sometimes are like, yeah, like I got to play in a dome or something like that. But I mean, smart move by Venetari, because, again, if he was kicking outdoors, like, you know, it's just it's a lot easier to kick in a dome. There's just I don't think there's any way around it.
1: Oh, yeah, It's kicker it's kicker myself, I mean, I go out there and I see twenty twenty mile power winds blazing by i'm it's just it's just not fun, like I don't think people realize like yeah, wind definitely plays a factor i don't i I would definitely agree playing in the dome, you do not gotta worry about terrible weather, terrible wind I think uh yeah definitely definitely a big factor, you're kicking a field goal. With twenty mile power winds in your back, I mean you can't re- really kick it that far, but then but if you have winds on your back, like guys could just drain from like seventy yards, like wind definitely plays a big factor that a lot of people don't really realize. So yeah, definitely smart to play in the dome in, in uh, for Vinatari, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, no, that is true too. Like you can the win can benefit you sometimes if it's behind you. But I mean, are you really you want to take that risk because for every time it's behind you, then for the two quarters it's behind you, then you're gonna get two quarters where it's blowing right in your face. You know what I mean? And then it's making extra points difficult. But <laughs> listen, guy with two game winning field goals, hit that game winning field goal for the Patriots first Super Bowl and Super Bowl forty six against uh Super Bowl thirty six excuse me, against the Rams, and then Super Bowl thirty eight against the uh against the Carolina Panthers. Um, so, listen, one of the clutchest kickers you could argue of all time, too. So, hats off to Adam Benatieri. Kind of really didn't even seem like he was – like I felt like more he was already retired, too. But he officially retires. It seems like this offseason we've just been sending guys off. So, Adam Benatieri, another one that we've sent off, another legend that we've sent off this year. So, what is that? Who else? We sent Breeze, too. We Benetieri, sent Phillip Rivers. I can't, I feel like I'm missing one, too. I can't
1: even think. Um I feel like it's just those three. I don't know. Hey, listen,
0: I mean, we talked about Rivers. We talked about Breeze. And now Venetari officially announces it so long ago. One of the best to ever kick a football. Moving on to our next topic, Corey. We're talking about another guy who I'm not going to say retire because he is super young. I mean, now you're looking. Maybe he's almost half the age that Adam Vinatieri is a little older. But Todd Gurley is still searching for a job out there. And if you would have told me three years ago that Todd Gurley could be unsigned by an NFL team, I'd look at you like you were crazy because this guy was one of the stars of the NFL. He won the Offensive Player of the Year in 2017. He's a two-time All-Pro, 2017 and 2018. He had outstanding years. And then I honestly don't know in any sport if I've seen a fall from grace so like steep, man, because it has just been a tough, tough go for Todd Gurley these past couple of years. But... I mean, so tough of a go that he's rumored now to be signing with the Detroit Lions. Nothing's official yet, but he's been in the building there, been working out. Obviously, the Lions, though, do have DeAndre Swift, and they do have um, Jamal Williams recently signed. So what do you make about that? Do you like them bringing in Todd Gurley with that, like, into that uh, rotation?
1: I mean, Todd Gurley, I'm still, I'm still a fan of his. I, 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 I mean, he's only 26. It's crazy that, I mean – the life of running back, I mean, is different than most. But twenty six years old as a professional athlete does not sound old at all. But I, I think I know you already have Jamal Williams, and DeAndre Swift. But I, I'd like I think bringing in Todd Gurley isn't isn't a bad move. I mean, he, he's had great years, like great. He's two time All Pro, and he could benefit. Like guys like DeAndre Swift could benefit. From Todd Gurley, I'm not going to say they're kind of similar, but they're both both like good receiving backs, good just backs in general. So I think maybe bringing in a guy like Todd Gurley, he's only 26. I mean, he's probably not even that much older than DeAndre Swift, but I think just he's had a lot. He's had success at this level despite maybe not as much now. So I think they bring him in maybe more to, to mentor Swift. I think he still has a little bit in the tank. Like he started off decent in Atlanta last year, and then I just don't know. Like, he was just getting, like, one carry a game out of nowhere. And it was just, I forgot, I think, uh, was it, like, Ezo, Ezo Smith. Smith? Yeah, yeah. It was just Ezo Smith's world. But, yeah, I think bringing the guy like Todd Gurley, you never can go wrong. Despite already having two backs, I think it's a solid, solid pickup. He's, he's had success in this league, so I think it'd be good to help out a young running back like DeAndre Swift. Both from both from the University of Georgia, also, so maybe that maybe that's another thing.
0: Uh, good, good catch right there. They are both Georgia alums, so he could reunite with an alum, and he could also reunite with his quarter, former quarterback from LA, Jared Goff, who's now in Detroit. But he, listen, from like, I agree with you from the standpoint that yeah, he like obviously what he's experienced and the success that he's had in his career, he'd be a good mentor for any running back in the league. But I don't know, I just feel like throwing in Todd Gurley to the like, I don't know. I just don't like it, honestly. I I think you want to, like, the the trend lines are so far away from competing. That's like, let's see what you have. So let DeAndre Swift run wild, if you ask me. Let Jamal Williams, like, let those two guys go. And maybe this is me also being a little biased and, like, from a fantasy perspective. Because I just don't want to see, like, I know Tiger is not going to play a lot, man. But I just don't want, I, I hate when, like, backup running backs just steal touchdowns from people. And I feel like this is exactly what would happen. Like, they'd play Todd Gurley on the three-yard line, you know what I mean? And Todd Gurley would end up finishing the year with, like, six or seven touchdowns, which, credit to him, not a, like probably not probably won't have a bad season, Then if that's the case. But, I mean, then DeAndre Swift's point total would just, like, plummet, you know what I mean? Like, what it should be, because like, he should be going to DeAndre Swift. So, don't necessarily think it's worth it bringing him in. I don't know, man. Like I said, Detroit, I think, is going to be the, one of the worst teams in the NFL. But it is Todd Gurley. He is a former— like we said a four, two-time former all-pro but i mean it's just it's a shame man. like he literally that one like playoff it seemed like at the end of the year in like 2018 he got like the uh like the knee injury again he has like arthritis in his knee and then like remember when like CJ Anderson like took over like that end of the year in that playoff run like that like that's yeah. absurd if you ask me that Todd Gurley was like an all-pro that year and come playoff time he was in, essentially a non-factor i i think it was the game against the Saints, he had four carries in the NFC Championship game. Like that is horrendous.
1: Yeah, man, it's just it's crazy. Like four years ago, this guy, this guy, Todd Gurley's probably what, like the number one pick in, in in fantasy drafts? Like most fantasy drafts. I mean, I'm just comparing after that twenty after that
0: 2017 season. I think he had to be. I think I, I'm. I I don't remember. I can't remember exactly who went first that year. But he definitely he probably was a consensus top two pick or top three pick.
1: He was just such a good runner and he was lethal in, in the passing game. So, I mean, yeah, just a... Uh, I think it's pretty unfortunate. I mean, I, so he just has arthritis. That's, like, the main problem. Just, like, I can't...
0: Oh, it's because he t- his he ACL in college it, at uh, Georgia. Yeah, I know that, yeah. And, like, 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 they always said, too, with, like, his knee injury that, like, it was never... um. Like, some people, they say sometimes they get just, like, I don't want to say, like, a clean tear necessarily. But, yeah, like, there's no other further damage. Like, kind of like, I know that they've been saying, too, with Joe Burrow, so knock on wood, hopefully that's true. But you know what I mean? Like, some people you could see recover from ACL injuries, and they really don't have any other, like, lingering issues. But, like, somebody like Jalen Smith, for example, when he tore his ACL, he also had, like, nerve damage in his knees and stuff like that. So that's where, like, I think it raises a red flag. I know there was a, like, Oh, on the Giants, one of the reasons why he fell in this pass draft as well was because they were saying something about his knee injury potentially. So, yeah, just, like, they say he has arthritis in his knees, and, like, I don't, I don't know, like, exactly how that affects him, but, like, I'm sure it's what you would call it. I'm sure, like, sometimes his knees are just, like, like, no go. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty tough for him to be pretty, uh like, to compete at an NFL level.
1: No, yeah, definitely. Definitely sounds, sounds tough. And, yeah, just... This- Tougher, tougher, Todd Gurley. Hopefully, the guy can make the best of of what's uh what's going on in his knees. But yeah, yeah, I, I think he'll find a he'll find a team. If it's not Detroit, hopefully, someone scoops him up on like a one year deal. I, I I like the guy. I Hope he gets a uh, signed somewhere.
0: Yeah, listen, I was kind of slandering him in the fact that I didn't want him to go to Detroit. But, yeah, I hope Ty Gurley ends up finding a team to sign with. And, honestly, I hope Ty Gurley gets that ring because he didn't win that ring in uh, in Los Angeles with the Rams. And, honestly, like, that 2017 team, I know they lost in the playoffs, but 2018 they lost in the Super Bowl. And you could argue that he was obviously a vital point of that. And, like, if he was fully healthy, who knows uh, if they could have given New England a run for their money. But couple other interesting free agents out there. Like we said Todd Gurley's another veteran kind of, but I mean, you got Richard Sherman out there, Golden Tate, Geno Atkins, Melvin Ingram. I think with after this June 1st deadline, obviously like we said some people contract, some players contracts can get restructured now, lower cap hits, opens up some money for teams to spend. And I mean, there are a lot of guys out there who potentially could make a big impact on this team. So I'm kind of looking forward to see maybe uh some of these veterans in new places. And again, gives us something to uh, analyze something to talk about uh, even furthermore as this offseason goes on.
1: Is Le'Veon Bell still still relevant enough to, uh, to to get the nod as one of those free agents or he's not relevant enough?
0: I mean, Le'Veon Bell, was it, what did he post the other day? It was like Le'Veon Bell, like was That's
1: Dane. That's just a classic what? Le'Veon man. It was, I, I forgot what he even said, but he said like, twenty twenty one you guys like I think he said like twenty twenty one you guys are gonna be like reminded who Levion Bell is but I I used to believe that I-, I mean I like Le'Veon but this guy's been saying that since like twenty eighteen. He's like it was ever since like I think his first season. That oh, it was before like the I think it was after he got he held out and he was with the Jets. Like he's just been saying it. He's just mm-hmm. been talking but his actions just haven't and his play hasn't done the <laughs> hasn't Hend up hasn't held up that end of the bargain, so I mean, I, I, I don't know. Le'Veon I, I, I think he'll get signed, but yeah, I don't know how much he really could help the team right now.
0: Yeah, I and mean, we saw him with Kansas City, I thought like he was a pretty, essentially a non factor with them. Um, yeah, look, uh, Pittsburgh ran him to the ground. I know this is a uh, story for a different day, but I kind of said what happened with Le'Veon but again, it just goes to show you that like the lifespan with running backs, at least he did get his payday. Similar to Todd Gurley too. Like Todd Gurley got paid. He got offered four years, fifty-seven million um, at the end of after his twenty seventeen season. So when he won the uh player of the year, but he like he never played a snap under that new contract. Like they signed him for an additional four years, and his contract would have ended after 2019 because fifteenth like 15 through 18 was the base deal. 19, obviously, 2019 they had that option year, right? And then the contract ran from 2020 to 2023, and they released him at the end of the 2019 season. So, like, even think about how crazy that is. Like, they took one of the biggest cap hits at the time to release him. So, yeah, like, contracts are running backs. I know this is getting into a different story, but it would have been an interesting thing that we could have expanded more on today. But uh, we got something else that I think would be real interesting. But, yeah, Todd Gurley, obviously, Le'Veon Bell signed, what, like four years, 52, with the Jets, and he yeah. was nothing. He didn't have any production. So, yeah, definitely something that these teams are starting to see more and more that maybe it's not the best investment. And definitely scares me a little bit when you got a guy like Saquon Barkley who, A, is coming off a major knee injury and B, is in line now for a big contract extension coming up. But uh, we'll definitely try to expand on that, especially when Le'Veon Bell gets signed. We'll definitely uh, open up more on that. But uh, we got other things to talk about, Core, because with training camp come out, I kind of mentioned how I saw Mac Jones rocking that number 50. Obviously, I see this. All these things about Devonta Smith and the Eagles camp with Jalen Hurts because they're kind of like that connect. Like they kind of they're good media, like they're good press if you want to say like kind of how you could be like like Devonta Smith getting behind him. But another guy, Tua Tagovailoa, people are talking about. You know what I mean? Can he have this comeback season? Can he rebound from a tough rookie year? Oh, Tua's a bust. Oh, Miami should move off him. And listen, these guys all went to the same college. Obviously, they played on Alabama in 2017, 2018. Jalen Hurts later transferred to the University. Uh, to Oklahoma, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, it raises the question, Corey. We see that picture all the time of them three together in the locker room. Uh, who do you think between the Bama, the three Bama QBs will have the most success in 2021? Not future success, 2021, who has the best year? In
1: 2021, strictly, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts. I know he only had like 52% completion percentage, but I think Jalen Hurts, he's been a guy – who he, he handles adversity very well. That's what I've seen. He gets pulled out in in uh in the championship game. Tua Tagovailoa wins it and then Tua Tagovailoa, like the next year or something. I honestly forgot. I just know he came. started for- the whole, started the whole year last year. Yeah. Like the next
0: year. Like he sat like he sat that year in twenty eighteen at Bama.
1: Yeah, no, nah, he's very he handles adversity very well. I think they haven't really I know he's in line obviously to be the starter. In Philly, and they haven't really like said he's like our guy, so I think Jalen Hurts definitely gonna be very motivated this season. I and think he, he showed flashes like that game against the what was it the Arizona Cardinals last year. He had a monster game, went crazy. Yeah, and I think getting Devonte Smith, I think definitely could help him. So I think this Philly team, not much expectations for their season. I think Jalen Hurts. As something to prove right now, I think he he plays well. I think Philly starts looking like this is our guy. He doesn't play well. They might start looking elsewhere maybe for another quarterback. So I think Jalen Hurts has the talent, has the ability. I think he has the, the best year amongst, uh, amongst those three guys if, if Mac Jones even starts. But, yeah, I think he'll play better than two of the season. And I think Jalen Hurts will, will have a solid season in uh, Philadelphia. They, they don't really have an, met much expectations, so – I think he'll uh, overachieve and uh, play pretty well.
0: Yeah, look, maybe this is – I'm not going to take Hertz, but I'll speak on his behalf first. Like you mentioned, yeah, Philly doesn't really have any expectations. So, I mean, it's a perfect situation for Hertz. now. He could play loose and he could really put up some big, big numbers because, one, their defense isn't going to be that good. He's going to be uh, trailing in a lot of games. He'll be playing catch-ups, so you know what I mean. He's got a good chance to develop then this year. And kind of, again, in these less-pressure games because it's not going to be like Philadelphia every single week. Is playing a playoff-like game where it's coming down to the last second, or at least you don't think so. Yeah, you know what I mean. Who knows if Philadelphia yeah. started playing way over their head? But uh, you mentioned he was only one in three last year as a starter. Only won that game. I mean, he did win a big game against the Saints and kind of messed with the Saints. I mean, that was the Saints were looking real, real good. Obviously, they beat the Bucks uh, both times in the regular season. Then they beat Phil. They lost to Philadelphia, and it kind of showed. Like it was like, oh, like that was an ugly loss. Um, then they lost. Like, I think that next week to Kansas City too, but. Besides the point, um, you mentioned, though, he had a huge game against Arizona. Struggled a little bit against Dallas. I know he put up big numbers, but he turned the ball over a couple times. And uh, that last game against Washington, obviously gets pulled in that game. Wasn't really throwing the ball well, but listen, he did make something happen with his legs. Uh, Yeah, he he only had like a sub-50% completion percentage, which you don't necessarily love. But it's one of those things, again, that could potentially be developed. And look at a guy like Josh Allen, who came into the league right away. Wasn't the most accurate quarterback. But that's something that he's worked on, and I mean, I think last year he completed almost seventy percent of his passes, which is absurd. So, you, Devonta Smith, you throw on the outside. Who knows what Zach Ertz's future holds? I know they've been talking that they might potentially deal with him, but I think Ertz is in a decent spot. Miles Sanders, as well, as well in the backfield. Like playing catch up, I think it's a good year for Jalen Hurts, and you kind of mentioned too. I think if Jalen Hurts plays well, he kind of solidifies his role at least to another year. It's like all right, like we're buying in a little more to Jalen Hurts as our franchise quarterback. And if he kind of um, flails out a little bit, then it's like, all right, maybe we got to look to quarterback, to a quarterback intensity in the 2022 draft. But like I said, even though I just spoke on Hertz's behalf, I'm not going to take Hertz. I'm going to go with my boy Tua Tagovailoa. I've always been extremely high on Tua. Uh, The way he could throw with anticipation, at least he did in college, and his accuracy I thought was unbelievable. Um, He's a lot less mobile at least in the NFL, than he could be if you ask me. I know, obviously, maybe the hip injury is playing a little bit of a factor. Again, he's also a smaller quarterback. So combine that with a major injury, you know, what I, he's not going to be in any rush, really, to scramble and run. But a guy he did go 6-3 and three last year. I know he was benched in both the game against Denver and the game against the Raiders. So that's something that this year he won't have to worry about with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think last year, too, more of tour struggles from – a statistical standpoint, and why I don't think he had that big of numbers is because again, his team is playing for a playoff spot, and that team, the Dolphins, even with Fitzpatrick, you could say that their strength of their team was their defense. So it's not like you're gonna go extra quarterback to go put up like he was game managing in the essence because that was the best chance in 2020 for them to go to the playoffs. Now uh, he's got another off season to develop. I know this 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 off season too. He said that he didn't really know the playbook as well. So again. A new uh, – new, actually, a new system, too, because they hired, they fired their offensive coordinator. A longer, like, period working with Brian Flores and uh, the quarterbacks coach, I'm pretty sure, got promoted there or something like that. They're, they have, like, co-offensive coordinators there, which I don't know how that's going to work. But, listen, this guy was unbelievable in college. He has never fa- – like, never really fed. Fa- he was a five-star recruit, too. You bring in Jalen Waddle. You bring in Will Fuller. Uh, the time is now for Tua. We saw how good – Joe Burrow was in a short time. We saw how good Justin Herbert was l- all last year, and I think Tua is finally that last piece in that draft class that can kind of prove that yeah, I can play Tua. And if, if he pans out to a like people were expecting out of Alabama, I mean, you're talking about three guys one in the top ten at the quarterback position in 2020 that would just be unbelievable, and they would definitely be something that you'd remember for a long, long time. Like it would
1: be talked about. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you what'd you can you repeat that you said in top three top I'm 10 saying goals.
0: I'm saying that like like you'd have three quarterbacks one in the top 10 in the 2020 draft you'd have Burrow who went one two of five Herbert six and I mean if these guys oh. all turn into obviously we've kind of seen Burrow and Herbert like they look like they're well on their way to becoming this like yeah. pro bowl-esque all-pro-esque quarterbacks but I mean if Tua can finally take that next step then it's like man we got like three all-pro quarterbacks in one draft class like that's pretty obvious like you know, it's pretty special.
1: Oh, no, yeah, I think that that draft class, I think we all knew, would be pretty solid. I know everyone expected Burrow to be good. I think Herbert was kind of not as a guarantee, but he obviously is on his way to becoming a star. I think Tua, I expected Tua to be really good. I, I know I said I think Hurts will have the, the best season, but I, I think I, I expect Tua to evolve into – a good NFL quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be great. I I honestly thought he was going to be the best quarterback in this draft. But after seeing Herbert and some of Burrow, I'm not I'm not exactly exactly sure, but I definitely expect Tua to still be a really good really quarter, really good quarterback. You I know you thought Tua was the was the best quarterback in this draft. You still you still thinking the same way or you think like Herbert and Burrow are uh, probably going to be ahead of him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't sit here and say that I think that, too, is going to be better than at least Herbert, man. Herbert was one of those guys, like, coming out of school. I remember, especially because he was like – they were talking about him potentially in 2019 coming out. He goes back to Oregon. So I was looking at him potentially being coming the Giants quarterback because the Giants had the sixth pick that year. And he would have fit, um, like, like, in that spot around as, like, the second-best quarterback in that draft by Kyler Murray. But yeah, like Herbert just never put it all together at Oregon. So I was like a little skeptical in that sense. I was like, this guy's got all the tools, but it's like, I don't know. Like, it's like, wh- like, I was like, why hasn't Justin Herbert like almost like, like won a Heisman, like been a Heisman finalist? Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, he won a big game. He won like the Rose Bowls last year, but it never seemed like Justin Herbert could put it all together. And just like, but it, something flipped when he got to the NFL and the NFL game fits him perfectly. And he's unbelievable. The, like, the sky's the limit for that. Like, he is unreal, Justin Herbert, uh, the perfect quarterback for where the NFL, like I said, is going. And Burrow too. Burrow is uh, a lot, has been a lot more mobile. If you ask me, than I gave him a lot of credit for. So yeah, I think Chua can potentially still be like, just like on their level potentially. Maybe not like, at like like maybe not better than them. But I all think that I think all three of them can be. Elite quarterbacks at the NFL level. I'll still stand on that with Tua. And listen, I said that draft class too. Jalen Hurts, the verdict is still out on him. So, I mean, if Jalen Hurts turns into a real good quarterback, takes another three, like a couple steps forward, I mean, be a crazy draft class from the quarterback position. One last thing, Core, I just want to wrap up on. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Like, do you think one, like, I think the biggest thing why both of us avoided Mac Jones, one that necessarily might not win the job there, but Let's hypothetically say Mac Jones wins the job. Obviously, he's not the most mobile guy. We saw that at Alabama, but his accuracy was unmatched. His ability to lead receivers and throw them open kind of is, is probably his biggest asset. He's a good processor. Like, do you think that his game can translate to the NFL? Or do you think that when he gets to the NFL, as we saw last year, where maybe like Tua, who is a little less mobile than Herbert and Burrow,
1: will kind of will struggle a little bit? No, I think on the Patriots at least, I think he'll be able to fit in nicely in uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels' system. I think a guy like that has to go to the right fit. And I think New England is the right fit. So if he does start or whenever the time is, like I'm not saying Joe, I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't uh, isn't going to be successful. I just I just think it's his first year. I think Tua and Hurts probably will have better seasons, but I think. Yeah, I think New England's a good a good fit for him. So, I think it'll correlate to the uh to the NFL for him. I expect him to to to, to not be a bust at least. Like I think he'll he'll be able to get the job done. Very accurate passer, I think. He'll he'll be fine in uh, in New England. Yeah,
0: I hope so. And I hope I hope to see him a lot earlier than um we expect because I think that Mac Jones again, I think that it's one of those things that last year I'm not going to say they kind of like they saw what they had in Cam Newton last year. And I don't think that you could, you could say that Cam Newton can lead them to a deep playoff run if you ask me. So I don't like a team playing just to make the playoffs with Cam Newton. Like, let's see what Mac Jones can do. And let's see if he can potentially elevate their potential to like, mate potentially into a Super Bowl, like, contender conversation. Because I don't think the Patriots are there yet. But, I mean, once you, you got to get there first. And then it's like, all right, let's see if you can win some playoff games after that. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, we'll be sure to get back on probably probably next week. We'll talk about um, any news. Hopefully, Julio Jones at that point has been traded. We'll be able to react to that. Hopefully, a couple of these veterans sign, and soon we'll be coming to you guys too with our position rankings for the twenty twenty one NFL season. Uh, we got a bunch of episodes of that. We'll probably do quarterback, receiver, uh, running back, tight end, a couple a couple spots on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, definitely something to look forward to and too. Just a couple, only a couple months away. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, Corey, but fantasy football drafts, good to start planning for those things now. And we'll be sure to cover those things extensively because
1: fantasy, one of those things we love. Ain't that right? Definitely. I'm ready to, it's going to be a comeback year for me. But yeah, I'll save that, save that for the draft. But yeah, you know, haven't been saying anything, but in my mind on paper, I've been preparing just, just right for this uh, fantasy draft, even though it's like three months, two, three months away. But yeah. I don't think I have been haven't been preparing yet.
0: Good. Well, good to know because now I'll steal Jalen Hurts from you because now I know that you like you're higher on Jalen Hurts than Tua. So if it <laughs> comes down to it and I want both of them, and Corey's picking after me, I know he won't take two, but he will take Jalen Hurts. So I'm looking out to you. It's a hundred IQ play on me, Corey. But uh that's gonna do it for today's episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.